0: Hola, me llamo Luis, y hoy voy a leer el internet para ti. ¿Por qué? ¿Por qué no? ¿Y qué? Hoy voy a leer un forma que estás hablando de drogas. ¿Qué drogas? Pues hoy vamos a discutir heroin. Hi, I'm practicing my Spanish. My name is Lou, and this is Lou Reads, and we are going to read to you today from the drugs-forum.com, a forum where drug users get together to discuss their drug use and how to use drugs and other things like that. Um, One acronym you'll have to listen for is SWIM, which is very popular on this forum, and the thing about SWIM is it stands for someone who isn't me. So that's their way of getting around self implication of their drug use. Uh, if you hear it and you don't know what I'm talking about, now you know. So, the very first thing we're going to read out of this uh, from the drugs forum.com subform various drugs, subform opium, opiates, and opioids, subform heroin, in a culture thread entitled List Protecting Yourself Against Common Scams, Rip Offs, Tricks in the Heroin World. This post was written by Silver Member dying tomorrow. And it starts like this. Over time, many newbie heroin users find themselves constantly getting ripped off in one form or another. Your friend drops off some obviously small bags and you get yelled at for complaining about it. You find out those bags you've been buying as dubs are really only dimes. You pass out with some of your junkie friends and you could have sworn last night you had three bags when you went to sleep, not one. Well, this thread is meant to be a list of tips on how to protect yourself against common ways junkies rip you off, steal from you, etc. If you want to profit from this information, take every word to heart. It is non-negotiable. First, there are two golden rules. 1. Never trust anyone with anything of present or future value. Never put anything of value that you have in the hands of others. Money, dope bags, etc. And never let valuables out of your sight for a second. Never loan anyone anything. Never make a deal where someone will pay you back later. Make every transaction of yours 100% up front and right now. You must make sure that no one ever has any kind of leverage over anything you value. If they do, consider it a hostage that they are going to milk you with and that you are probably never going to see again. 2. Toughen up. If you are a coward or are afraid of getting into a verbal or physical confrontations, you are going to get victimized. They will smell you like a shark smells blood in the water. If you compromise, give an inch, renegotiate with them when they break the original deal, you are now an official victim and will constantly be losing time, money, and face to your junkie friends until you finally man up. Now, if you follow those two golden rules to a T, you will generally be okay. However, even with rule one firmly in your head, the fact is most junkies are expert liars and smooth talkers and can create all kinds of weird scenarios that require you to do this or that. So unless you are very tough and firm, rule two, they are going to walk all over you and get you to violate rule number one, no matter how hard you try not to. This is just a fact and generally takes becoming broke and going through a lot of horrible shit to really toughen up to become immune to high-level junkie scams and BS. But once you make this transformation, you have now learned all the ropes, seen all the scams, and become a tough motherfucker and are hungry as hell now after losing so much that is important to you Congratulations. You have now become a predator too. To cap it off, the following is a list of common protections slash precautions you can take to make sure you don't get ripped off. These all revolve around relationships and events concerning your junkie friends. These are people who were either once your good friends but have become such hardcore heroin addicts that they are no longer trustworthy, or people you met through the heroin world and are by default not trustworthy. Typically, there is some ever-present degree of unreliability and rip-off potential in every heroin user. But this greatly aggravated by the amount of money such person has access to. A broke heroin addict is dangerous. A broke, withdrawing heroin addict is someone you want to avoid by a million miles. So if you want to protect yourself from these people, and the scams that they can concoct at their worst, you have to be uncompromising. You can't bend these lessons-slash-rules in the slightest. One chink in the armor, and it's all for naught. So, in no particular order, if you are riding with one or more people to get the dope, make sure you make the deal and handle the package at all times. Dope has this funny tendency of getting accidentally lost in other people's hands. Dope addicts are also, generally speaking, experts at sleight-of-hand tricks. So if you are going in with two buddies and someone does this deal-slash-handoff, and suddenly there is one bag short that they blame on the dealer, but surprise, don't want to call him, you can't exactly call up the dealer and bitch him out, can you? Or, maybe it got dropped somewhere outside. At least dope users are always friendly enough to help you look for the dope that they actually stole but said is missing. Related to the above, always be the one to count out the dope bags. Or better yet, count them out together in plain sight. Don't let those bags out of your sight for a second. This is especially pertinent where there may be unknown numbers of extra bags that you get from pooling your money. The problem here arises when you count someone else's bags out, or they count your bags out, and one of you says the other came up short. Counting out together in plain sight solves this, but otherwise, at least make sure you aren't put in a position where you have to beg them if they decide to lie. At least if you count them out and they try to lie, you can tell them, too bad. Always negotiate the deal. Who gets what beforehand? In other words, if there are extras, or if you are driving someone for a share, you better define exactly what you are getting before you do any work or get the dope. This goes back to rule number one. If you've already done the work without either payment upfront or a clear defined benefit after the fact, you've put something of value into someone else's hands and lost all your leverage. They are going to be holding all the cards and you are going to be reduced to begging. If someone tries to back out of a clear deal you've made, get irate and possibly physical. This is rule number two. If you made an agreement with another dope user and they try to back out or renegotiate after the fact, you sure as fuck better stand up for yourself with everything you've got. You should be pissed as a philosophical matter, but more so you should be outwardly pissed. Put them on the defensive immediately. If you start whining or trying to make them feel guilty or bartering, you've already lost. And now you are marked as a victim in that person's mind. You better let them know immediately that there will be consequences. If you are the one with the dealers, protect your damn phone. Don't ever leave it laying around. Keep it tightly guarded in your pocket, so even if you nod out, they can't get it without waking you. This is namely important where the dealer slips you extra for bringing the business. But also it is generally a good idea to keep junkies away from your phone. Who knows what mischief they could cause. If you are in a situation where you're going to nod out, or sleep, around other junkies, make sure everything is tightly packed in your front pocket. Not in a bag pocket, or a jacket pocket, or a shirt pocket. It's as good as gone otherwise. Never buy some BS story about some dope of yours getting lost. This is always a lie. First of all, you should never let your dope be in someone else's hands. But if somehow that happened and they supposedly lost your dope, then you need to make sure they realize that there will be consequences. Maybe you can't beat them up, but at the very least, you can let them know verbally never to fucking talk to you again. This might induce them to make amends, which can only be done with money or dope. But even if it doesn't, then good riddance. You're an idiot if you let a thief stay close in your life after something like that. Never loan money. Never loan dope. Never take anything but cash for dope. If you have to break this one, don't value whatever it is more than the lowest possible pawn price for it. If someone says they paid $500 for their stereo system, it's not worth 500. It's probably worth 50 cash down at the pawn shop. Hopefully this goes without saying. Never listen to whining. You have to learn early, You have to learn to totally ignore moral outcries and shit like that. Think in terms of the bottom line. Protecting your shit. Never trusting people with your money. Junkies can make up a goddamn good story. They can also whine up a storm when they are desperate. That just means exactly that. They are desperate. They don't have anything to offer, so you're probably going to lose whatever you give them. And don't whine yourself. Whining implies that you are powerless and have no leverage. You can, of course, appeal to friendship or decency at first. But if it is clear that they are trying to rip you off, don't be afraid of confrontation. Don't try and make them feel guilty and then slink away. Make them feel afraid, or at least worried. Let them know they just fucked you over and that you are going to do something about it unless they make it right. Same with your money. Never trust your time to junkies, especially not withdrawing ones. Again, especially not with withdrawing ones. If a withdrawing junkie calls you up and says, Hey, I need you to come pick me up at this spot one hour away, and then drive me here, and then I'll give you a bag. Don't do it. Or, hey, come meet me at this faraway place in in like two hours. I don't have my cell phone, but I'll be there. Don't do it. If a plan sounds weird and bullshitty, it's because it's not a very good or stable one, and has a high chance of failing. Now, if you have nothing else to do and want to risk it, that's fine. But if you only have two hours, you can sneak out during Thanksgiving Day with the family and you are trusting your time to some stupid-ass risky plan, it's a bad idea. Always go out and find new and more dealers. This is for both experienced junkies and newbies, especially though if you are a newbie. Oftentimes, people will sell newbies bullshit bags, sometimes for twice as much as they bought them. If you are a newbie and you rely on a junkie friend to get you bags, you need to go out and find your own dealer. You'll probably be surprised how bad you were getting ripped. As for experienced junkies, obviously it's always best to be able to sample size and quality from as many sources as possible. That kind of goes without saying. If you have to buy from a street dealer, never do it after sundown. The chances of you getting ripped off skyrocket when it's dark out. Not only ripped off, but robbed, jacked, jumped, etc. If you are going to buy from a street dealer, do it during the day. The earlier the better. And make sure they show you in their hand the bags. Boils first. If they are legit, they will. If they want to take your money first, then say no thanks and walk. Remember rule number two don't let them intimidate you into giving the money without first showing you something. If they are trying to do that, it's because they are going to rip you off. Also, if you are stuck buying street bags, ask if they are bags or foils first. If you are very paranoid, only get them if they are bags because you can see if there is dope in there very quickly when they flash them. Foils can be emptied or filled with bullshit to give the impression that they are full and are a lot more conducive to ripping someone off. Also, even with bags, always taste a bit of the dope to make sure that it's not baking soda or some bullshit. Finally, when buying off the street, another tip for the super paranoid is to, when you find someone, ask if they have a cell number and sell regularly. Make sure not to look and sound like a narc. That goes without saying, though. If they want to give you a number, that is a good sign that they have at least decent dope because they want your repeat business. To be as safe as possible, especially if money is tight and you can't risk getting ripped off, buy from a dope spot. This means a place that is associated with a house or business that you walk up to, tell them how many you want, and they come back out of the building. Oftentimes, scam artists will make up fake bags with baking soda or other crap tie them in a plastic bag to make it seem legit, and bike around areas where they know customers will come. Then they sell these bogus bags. If you come across someone who walks up to you and wants to sell you these bags really bad, you are taking a huge risk. Oftentimes they will play to your greed, with a line such as, I'll even give you an extra bag since you're a new customer, or something similarly appealing. The better the deal sounds, the more likely it isn't true. Dope spots, again associated with a house slash building slash business, are safer because they know that if they fuck you, there is a location you can come back to where it always will be at. A place you can call the police on every fucking day out of vengeance. And they know junkies will do shit like that. To summarize, a dope spot is the safest place to buy dope from, next to a regular trusted dealer you can call on your phone. Also in addition, credit to Sandoz1943 for coming up with the following, with some modification, by Swim. Don't allow junkies in your house. Best not to let them know where you live in the first place. If you have to let them into your house, hide all your valuables first and don't leave them unattended. Oh yeah, and don't leave any opiate or benzo pill bottles in your bathroom. Duh. Don't let junkies use your phone. Cell phone, house phone, especially not work phone. More on work later. If they rip someone off or the deal goes bad, you are now dragged into their web of shit. Never let a junkie or drug dealer know where you work at. And never, for any reason, give them your work phone number. A little stress comes down in the drug dealer-slash-junkie world, maybe you get a little fight over half a bag, and the next thing you know, bam, they are now in control of whether you do or do not have a job. That is leverage over your life and welfare, and you never want to give anyone that. Junkies, especially desperate ones, are very quick and creative in exploiting things like that. Never let anyone get the impression that you are friends with your junkie friends. To define junkie friends more accurately, Let's say they are someone you sometimes shoot up with and do heroin-related activities with, especially not drug dealers. Oftentimes, the junkie friend will try and create this impression when you are not around. Don't let them put themselves on your street reputation account, or you could end up with people you don't know coming after you for money, drugs, or even worse. Don't let junkies make deals from your place. If they aren't trustworthy, you really shouldn't let them be there in the first place. But that's not always going to be avoidable in terms of the general etiquette and priorities of shooting up with people you score with. Nonetheless, don't let them invite over people you don't know to your place, have dealers stop by your place, etc. This is a spin-off of the previous one. You don't want strangers to have the impression that you are vouching for this junkie or that they can find them through you. Worse, that they can get back at that person through you. I'm sure between all the members of the forum, there's a lot of combined knowledge of scams, BS, tricks, as well as means of protection. Please, let's keep this list going. Diceman Style replies, One, don't buy from users. Two, don't tick or loan from dealers. Three, don't let others in your house. Don't show weakness all the above. I doubt any long-term user has gotten away without being burned. Myself, eight years the wiser, has been done probably a handful of times, including once having my car, house, and all possessions within, taken and used in a robbery and never seen again, but not been burned in the last five years or so as I grew wiser and harder and became ruthless. Not all of us are predators. But when it comes to the crunch, attempting to pick on the weak ones and convince ourselves that it's for their own good, I'll draw the line at hurting people. D.K. Monk replies, Swim learned never this weekend. Never go into apartment complexes if you don't regularly frequent there. Swim was in an African-American one to score some fresh point and got jumped for being white. Although they really didn't get anything except a surprise that Swim wasn't a little bitch. Scrubs replies, No one is innocent. Everyone has done their share of fucked up things in order to score dope. There are, of course, really, really fucked up scam artists who really deserve to be shot. They give the opiate game such a dirty name. Years and years of conditioning by previous junkies has led us till today where everyone is out for themselves and could cross anyone in a heartbeat. I know withdrawals are horrible, but what happened to fucking caring sharing with other people? Junkies these days just act like scum because they're supposed to, or they are expected of it. If the junkies got together and worked together instead of crossing each other constantly, I have a feeling that no one would be left sick. But of course, it's survival of the fittest as always on this planet. And Dying Tomorrow finishes off this thread in saying, Swim would like to say there are three stratas of H users, just to generalize. Top strata. Rich heroin users who at an early stage have someone nice, possibly that works for them to get them tons of heroin all the time, and bring it and drop it off at their homes. At a later stage, probably having had their nice people gained enough of a relationship where they are able to purchase in middle quantities, ounces and the like, and are again able to have it brought directly to them by friends. Middle-class strata, middle class heroin users who usually live in the suburbs of a major city or in a nice area close to some metropolis, and who also typically have some kind of middle person between them and the ghetto. If not, then they have a dealer who makes them feel safe that they can exclusively deal with. Also would include these upper-middle-class people who live downtown and can afford to purchase enough quantity to have a dealer drop it off for them at their apartment slash condo. Lowest strata. Junkies who are in the ghetto. Junkies who are in the ghetto on something close to a daily basis. They hang around other poor junkies and are usually involved in some kind of scheme or crime to get money. This is the strata the junkie friend of my manual was deemed to have come from although I'm sure there could be ones from the middle strata who are just naturally pieces of shit without having been made one out of the necessity of poverty and extreme dope sickness. There's the car junkie friend, the place to crash junkie friend, the guy with the best dealer junkie friend, which probably won't last long because someone will snatch the number out of his phone eventually, and then the generic guy-that-might-be-useful-at-some-point junkie friend. Typically, interaction only happens when some kind of synergy can be achieved. One person has a car and the others don't, or potential usefulness, such as working together in a crime. At some point, every person has felt ripped off by another, so they are all trying to nick bags or cash or dope from one another without getting caught, just because they feel justified. Junkie friends tend to cycle out or disappear after a while, but are almost always doing worse and worse as time goes on. Some die or go to jail, but I'd say the common thread is having to spend time regularly among thieves, robbers, and homeless people gang members and drug dealers, the type who live in the projects and have killed people, not a white kid who sells pot in the burbs and in dangerous neighborhoods for this strata. Now, with regard to some of the follow-up posts, the list was geared more towards people who are probably in the middle strata and are being exposed, albeit from a distance at first, to people in the lower strata. I don't mean that every heroin user is a horrible person. Far from it, as it would defeat Swim's own beliefs that heroin should be legal and his personal plight in that he wants to be a productive and contributive member of society, but simply can't stand life without heroin, and is forced to be in this world if he wants to live. I do mean that if you're exposed to these people who are either sociopaths by nature, or are on the lower strata, and have lost almost everything and become extremely desperate because of their heroin addiction, the aforeposted list was a good set of issues to be aware of. Okay, well that's going to have to do it for the heroin talk for today. I'm sure you were saying, no, Lou, don't stop talking about heroin. 20 minutes is not enough heroin talk. But I'm afraid, my friends, it's going to have to do for this week. I hope you enjoyed learning about how not to get ripped off uh, in the heroin world and what to know and how not to be victimized. Because I think if you're going to get into something as uh, potentially life-destroying as the wonderful cloud world of heroin you should really be ready to uh, defend yourself and make sure that if your friends are telling you that they're buying you dubs but giving you dimes that you do not put up with that because that is just bad precedent sorry for the mic quality difference here we're uh, i'm finishing this, this up at a remote location there are people walking by all right so that's going to do it for this week's lou reeds uh, my name is lou i hope you've enjoyed yourself once again, I did not write any of these posts. I am not a contributor to this particular forum. Not to say that I won't become a heroin addict. And I don't I don't foresee it happening because I I can stop whenever I want, really. Make sure you stop by Lou Reed. If you're just checking out the podcast, make sure you check out loureeds.com to read whatever hilarious things I may have written about this particular topic as well. They go hand in hand. If you're on the iTunes, make sure you vote positively. I'm not just going to ask you to vote your conscience. I'm asking you to vote positively in favor of this podcast. This has been Lou. This is Lou Reads. Don't nod out on me. Don't die. (laughs) Don't OD. All right, later.